Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to share with you this week's guest. And if you are a regular listener or if you are just jumping in on this episode and you absolutely love it and it's given you not just inspiration because I want these um, conversations to give you more than just inspiration for your writing or your creativity, but to really um, give you a little insight, but also, you know, you could find a a single sentence that that makes you want to act on something or makes you feel um, seen and heard or excited um, when it comes to your writing journey so that you don't feel so alone and that we're all a community here. Now, what do I have to update you on? Um, my first book, Have We Met Before? I still have free pages available for this, but it is only available for a couple of more weeks. If you are into romance and you want to, um, yeah, read a couple of free pages, that is in the show notes. Also, if you want to join our book club, if you want exclusive access to the whole podcast, and if you want to be able to know who is coming up on the podcast so that you can submit your questions on here, I would absolutely love for you to join us over on the Writer's Advice Patreon. All the links to that is also in the show notes here. And if you love this episode, please leave us leave us um, a review and give us a couple of stars. It really does help spread the word and spread these um, incredible interviews. So without further ado, please welcome this week's guest. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Awesome. Welcome back, listeners. I'm so excited for another episode of Writer's Advice. And this week I am joined by Dr. Susan White, who is hot on the trail of her brand new book, Cut, which I'm so excited to dive into. So thank you for joining us, Susan. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm so excited that you joined us too, because I'm sure that your life is so incredible like so incredibly busy managing this book but then also um everything that you have on the side in your career so I'm gonna start the podcast with how yeah when did writing start in your life how did you move into this um yeah creative career essentially yeah I I do have a kind of weird hybrid existence I guess like a lot of writers hey um I think um, I probably started to take writing seriously when I started studying it at RMIT in my 30s. Um, So by then I was working as a um, consultant genetic specialist um, and uh, I just had this real desire to do something creative and got into um, the RMIT course and I guess just my love of writing and and the feeling I got from expressing myself in writing told me I needed to keep going so from that point I just found ways to 
to do it, although it was a long road to getting published, like for many people. Yeah, yeah. So how did that love start for you? Did it start in fiction? Like how did it yeah. um, evolve? Yeah, so as a, I mean, as a kid, I was obsessed with books and pretty much exclusively fiction. Um, I used to read walking to school, so I kind of trip over things and, you know, I'd try and read a book on the way to school and a book on the way home and, you know, I think I was just a total nerd when it came to reading um, and and even in high school, writing was something I just, I I felt at home in my own skin when I was writing. Um, uh, but I kind of stopped when I got into medicine. I think I had a concept uh, that I needed to be a serious doctor type of person and this kind of frivolous writing thing, there wasn't room for that anymore. And really that was, that was probably about 15 years or 20 years that I didn't really write at all. And almost kind of accidentally stumbled upon it again and then re just reacted to the feeling it gave me to be honest yeah yeah that's amazing and so then you've um studied at RMIT is that when your young adult novel kind of evolved from there yeah so I ended up writing the young adult novel um take the shot while I was at RMIT and also writing a very early version of Cut, a, like a lot different to oh. how it is today. I kind of wrote them in parallel. And I think that was because I was learning the craft of telling a story. Um, and I was coming, for me, one of the biggest challenges with um, fiction writing has been to turn off the kind of scientific -y, um, mm. critical, logical part of my brain that steps in a lot and kind of can stifle anything wacky or, um, yeah, it has a real inhibitory power when I'm trying to write. So it took me a long time to work that out. Um, and so I'd hit a block with one of the books and then I'd go off and write something else for the other book. And so they kind of, I kind of toggled between them for a long time. Yeah. I really want to go into that because I find this so interesting and it is something that you have to balance, particularly in like a high science job and everything that you're working on. You're working in this one brain state all day and super focused in it. And then to turn off a I don't know if you're writing morning or night to start off with, but whenever you're writing to then go into this creative state, how do you balance that now? Like, how does that, how does that work for you? Yeah, I have some, I'm, a, I'm quite rigid about those things, but um, it's almost um, trying to cultivate a, a, a state in which I can allow myself to be creative. Um, and so the thing, the ingredients for me that help with that are, first thing in the morning, quite early before anyone else is awake. And I'm not allowed to open my hospital email inbox because that will kind of just remind me of all the things I haven't done that I said I would do and all the difficult things in my job that are challenging. So I've learned that that just, there's no joy there. So I have to turn that off. Sometimes I use music or something to help kind of create a state either a playlist for one of my characters or just some focus music that just helps me think in a different way, I guess. Um, and yeah, I do have to, I, I am quite a 
stubborn, determined type of person. So, um, you know, I will look for opportunities where I can try and get back into that frame of mind so that I can create. And often, I don't often write for very long in the morning. I might only write for 45 minutes or something like that, but I do that every day. It's sort of a, a, a ritual for me. And it it allows me to do the other part of my job, actually. Um, it really helps my, um, I think it nourishes me in a way and helps me make sense of things I'm facing at work. Um, I work with children with genetic conditions, so it can be a challenging job. And um, it just, yeah, it it gives me a great, um, it's a great counterbalance, I think is what I'm trying to say to yeah. my to my hospital work. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you do that of a morning because um, like I know not many creatives are, but I'm definitely a morning person as well. <laughs> and I think it's giving yourself, it's like you time of a morning, right? It's like that time for you before, you know, you have to show up for everything else and every everyone else as well so I love that you have that like get nourished at the start of the day that's so great so coming back to cut so you said um how like when did this start when how long ago did the very first draft of cut start yeah that's a great question it's been so long Olivia that um it's almost hard to work out where the genesis was there were very early drafts certainly more than a 10 years ago in writing classes at RMIT and I had the protagonist Carla as a character I wanted to write from very early on but it I I kind of felt like I was circling the story for a long time trying to find what it was that the story wanted to say um and yeah um that took me a long time to understand so there were many different kind of uh rabbit holes that I might have headed down trying to understand her story but I, I, I from the get-go I think I had this strong desire to write a story about a a young woman who wanted to find her way in a sort of in the world of surgery in a very traditional kind of environment and um it just yeah it took some and then I think I was influenced quite a lot by the Me Too, the sort of advent of Me Too kind of um, just changed my perspective and made me reflect on the environment that I work in and that I see in the hospital setting, both as a student and a trainee and now as a consultant. Um, and just all the incidents I could think of when I started to kind of look back on it of misogyny around me but also even misogyny that I'd internalised um, from. So I just had, I, I realised that was where the kind of fire of the story was for me and that was, that was a kind of light bulb moment. That's incredible. And it is such a great conversation to have this book out right now <laughs> with everything that's going on in the world. So I'm so excited with what you've um created and specifically launching it right now so did it always start with that misogyny story or it kind of developed and I'm guessing that you are a character driven person just by what you said of you had Carla did she kind of like come to you to start with and then the plot kind of developed alongside yeah. that I'm a massive pantser right so 
Um, I totally had the character and didn't really have much clue about the the whole story arc. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. I think I always knew that she was in a misogynistic world or at least a male-dominated world, and I wanted to write that story of someone who is a bit the other, um, trying to make it in a, a fairly traditional and um, adversarial kind of environment. But I think then I was really influenced by Me Too and and some of the stories that emerged of um, female surgeons and that what they'd experienced, uh, the sort of harassment um, that they'd experienced in the hospital setting made me realise I just wanted to make the story, I wanted to include that in the story, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And how do you feel... Obviously, you're so inspired by, yeah, everything that's around you and what you're seeing every day in your everyday life. How are you finding that now, bringing this to, like, this, for instance, this um, topic to the surface and still kind of working in this industry? How are you, how are you feeling with it all? Like, obviously, it's, it's fiction, but um, it's still, it, it's a great work of fiction that brings, you know, it's thought-provoking. Yeah, and it, I guess it's illuminating, uh, you know, some of the issues that we still have in medicine where, you know, um, most of the leadership positions in many hospital departments are men. And even if um, those men have a strong focus on equity um, and bringing women along and women doctors along, just inherently by having no, in some hospitals, very few women still even in 2022, in you know, in leadership positions, there are some hospital departments, even in Melbourne in 2022, who have never had a female consultant ever. Um, which, it, what was interesting to me when I started thinking about that was to realise that I just accepted that I I knew that, but I hadn't even noticed that there weren't any women, which is. I think it's staggering to realise what you accept as normal and coming back to your question about what is it like, yeah, it's it, at times a little bit um, unnerving or a bit uncomfortable. I wonder how the book will be received um, and I'm sure that um, there will be some people who uh, feel disturbed by its content and in a way um, I'm not unhappy about that um, I, I love think, that. <laughs> I think that um, I'm disturbed by my own misogyny, the misogyny in my environment. And I think it's really good for all of us to take a look under the hood and try and work out what we're carrying with us and what we've absorbed in 20 years of working in a system where almost all the authority figures are male and and what sort of environment that sets up and what that what sort of behaviour might be tolerated that's really not ideal yeah. or, frankly, unacceptable? Yeah, and honestly, there is no one better to write this story. Like, in the position that you're in right now, I am so excited to see the conversations that you're that is going to come out of this, um, not just in book world but in, in like, mainstream media of, of what you've provoked, and I'm very, very, very excited about it. So you've finished Cut. What was the process of signing it, 
um, putting it out there to the world? Yeah, so a firm had published my young adult novel uh, in 2019. And so I started there um, to uh, um, acquire a publisher and I'd had a great relationship with them for my for my YA book. I should say before that I'd I'd, I'd submitted an earlier um, draft to the Kill Your Darlings Unpublished oh, yeah. Manuscript Award. And that was such a, a fabulous, um, I got shortlisted for that prize. And that was a, that was probably the first time that I thought maybe, because that was even before my YA novel had been signed, I thought maybe I actually can get do this. Maybe I can, I've got something to say, but maybe someone wants to read about it, which, um, so I'm always going to be grateful to KYD for the for running that prize and for nurturing unpublished writers. Um, but yeah, I um I submitted it to um to a firm. I think was that last year? I've the pandemic has I've yeah. lost all track of time, but it might have been last year. Um and um Kelly Doust um contacted me and um uh worked with me uh and was very quickly excited by it. And I knew immediately that we would work well together and I could feel the energy. And also she brought a very, um, a commercial angle that I didn't have at all and commercial expertise. I was really grateful for that. Um, so um, the signing was pretty straightforward, to be honest, but I did have to, one small thing, I had to rewrite it. So um, <laughs> yet again, and because the draft that I'd submitted to them kind of had, uh, it had a sort of suspense element happening, but I'd sort of lost the thread of that in the last part of the book. So she really helped me work out how do I, how do, how could I sustain that? But it meant a lot of rearranging structurally. So I'd rewritten it so many times. You know, I thought, what's what's one more time between twins? I can I can go again. <laughs> so I did that, and fortunately, fortunately that worked. So um, yeah. So and it's been reasonably straightforward from there. That's excellent, and I um, love how you brought out kill your darlings. Um, prize as well because I don't I haven't really spoken about the different prizes that much on this podcast but I think when you enter something like that and you just get a little it's like a little hint to be like okay I'm actually onto something because you know when you're spending every morning working on a piece and you love it but no one else has seen it just to get that little like oh this is actually maybe this could be a thing um, really changes the way you see it so that's excellent yeah yeah exactly so now cut is out. Do you have many plans for what what's happening next with you in your writing or any other, you know, stories that you're thinking of or where you want to go and yeah. Yeah, I well, it's it's really interesting because I was telling you before about my weird toggling between two books and I've found myself in the same place again, which is kind of uncanny and maybe I just I do have a feeling like maybe ideas need to gestate for a long time in my head and I don't know if that's partly because I have another job that takes me out of that brain space for a long time or or maybe it's just how I'm wired I don't know maybe better not to overthink it but 
I have a, a YA novel that I've been working on for a while. And then I've got a another adult novel idea that I'm kind of brainstorming at the moment. And I really like having, I really like having some um project where I'm actively writing all the time. Mm. It's sort of as much for me, it doesn't really matter what happens with it in a sense. I think um it's just good for me to always have something simmering away it just seems to work well that way so yeah yeah more books to come hopefully that's excellent how do you find um switching your voice from young adult to adult how how do you find moving between those especially both at once like yeah I I voice is such a tricky thing to understand isn't it how you how you sort of slip into it I would say that I find that straightforward, that I don't find it challenging. Occasionally I will forget that it's more I sometimes give emotional responses to the um, adolescent characters that might not be very authentic and I think that relates to my age more than anything else, but maybe it relates to the toggling. Um, Yeah, so but mostly... I, I have adolescent children and I think they do help me with voice. So yeah. um, they're quite free and about sharing their voice with me. Anytime that I need some <laughs> adolescent dialogue, they will usually provide a monologue all of their own. So all about them. Um, so I can kind of borrow and steal from them and their friends Um Usually any car drives, I'll be sitting there listening, going, okay, that's how I need to say it. Good. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't actually find the changing the voice that difficult. Um, I think I do find get, getting the emotional tone of the adolescent book is more challenging. And I guess that relates to really, really getting into the shoes of your character where they are at not so much imposing your um your own phase of life emotion on what you think how you would react um so but I I think that's a challenge whoever whatever character you're writing about getting their reaction which might have some flavor of yours but it's probably not exactly the same and it might be radically different in my name. You said that perfectly and I haven't ha- um, heard anyone say it exactly like that before because, yeah, it's like um, when you're editing something and it's or like you have an editor come back to you and it's like, oh, that just doesn't really seem 100% to character and you're like, oh, yeah, because I've accidentally tipped myself into <laughs> that yeah. and it's so easy to do. So, um, yeah, you yeah said that really totally. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I had to learn that and I think um I I will forget that periodically and I think sometimes I'll just be writing and I'll write the emotional response that I would have either for my main character or for how someone reacts or whenever it's convenient for the plot, you know, just to have a person react in a given way to move the story along yeah. or you need someone to react that given way and I've I've learned I have to pay a lot of attention to that topic of how would each person with their background and their life and how they got up that morning 
um, how are they reacting to whatever the scene is, whatever's happening in the scene. And that's been, that's, that's really helped me create writing that, that feels energetic and alive because I, and, and authentic, I think. Yeah, really putting yourself in those shoes in that situation. I absolutely love that. Do you have any um, other words of advice on craft or putting a manuscript out there for anyone who might be working on their first one right now? Yeah, I've I've learned a lot over the the years of um, of being unpublished and trying different different ways, and I think I. I think it is good to to listen to advice from lots of different people, but obviously take the advice that resonates for you. Mm. Um, for me, um, a, a sort of key a key strategy is finding that what I what I think Charlotte Wood might have coined the phrase the heat in your writing it may it may not be Charlotte's, it may be someone else's, but um, the feeling you get when the writing is conveying what you want and following that heat and being a bit brutal about the bits that don't have the heat. Um, that for me helped me kill off a lot of dead wood in my drafts along the way. And, and I've learned to trust that that's, that's reliable when it's probably the most reliable metric I've got to work out. Is it working whatever working is is such a nebulous concept isn't it but if you can feel the heat and it doesn't mean that everything has to be going at a helter skelter pace it might actually be a moment where nothing is happening but that heat that energy where the writing feels alive and I kind of see the books that I've written as those bits stitched together hopefully cohesively that's actually for me how the act of writing a book has has evolved yeah that is such a great piece of advice I when you say heat to act I actually haven't heard that quote it's like that <laughs> you almost start to feel it like when you're when you're reading something like that back or when you are reading one of your favorite books you're like oh yeah because you're you're really stuck in that I do have some other um, advice I want to, well, I want to ask you some other advice, particularly for someone who might be in a career that is heavy and um, fast paced. And there's, there's a lot going on, you know, you're in more of a science-based or an analytical mindset that might want to, doesn't have to be writing, but just dive into their creativity a little bit more. Like what, what advice would you give to people like that? Yeah, I first of all to say to those people, I'm with you. I um I think um you know, it's it's a wonderful thing to explore different aspects of who you are and um you know, more and more I'm meeting people who you know, run dual or even more than two careers and often wildly different directions and using really different skill sets and if I could talk to my medical student self, I would be telling her, don't shut yourself off from, from things that make you happy and bring you joy and um, and maybe help you live in, in the crazy mixed up world that we're in. Um, but I think, um, so I think it's a really valuable thing to do and it's, it's it, it makes me happy and um, so... Um, I that's the my the first thing I'd want to say I think um 
it can actually really help you in the scientific or whatever alternate career path you have to have a creative outlet. I actually use a lot of the skills as a doctor in my writing and in my writing as a doctor. Um, and I've realized that in both, actually, what I really seek and crave is authentic human connection. And, and so the two things, even though they're very disparate and, you know, very different pursuits, that's what I'm hunting for in, in both pathways. So that, that was kind of a, an aha moment in understanding myself. I think if you do have a very um, demanding or um, whatever your day job, um, however it challenges you, committing to your creativity and giving it time, working out for you how that will work. Um, uh, way back when I was first sort of just dipping my toe in the water of doing some creative writing, I used the artist's way as a kind of just a way in and that was really, that was a fantastic structure to kind of, for a person who has a quite structured life, it was, mm -hmm. it was a nice sort of creative structure, but all at the same time, it was kind of anarchy to me, like three pages of what? Nothing. <laughs> no, no, you just write, like, what do you mean stream of consciousness? You know, <laughs> I mean, not points? Where's, where's the tables? You know, it was kind of, you know, the that left part of my brain was a little bit challenged but that was a really fabulous um way in um and yeah I think um how wonderful to try and explore and develop a different part of yourself and you never know where it will take you yes that is the most amazing advice and yeah it's not you know life life isn't linear it's it's letting exploring yourself in all those possibilities so that is so amazing um I do just want to say to the listeners because um Susan and I are speaking just before the cut is out but when this is out it'll be out on bookshelves everywhere and I'm literally on the edge of my seat waiting to hear all the conversations and everything that is um going to come out about this so I am very 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 excited but um for everyone who wants to get about the cut or uh, um get in contact with you where's that where's the best um place to get in contact yeah so um I'm on Instagram and Twitter and uh, uh, my website is just in production. So perhaps I can share that with you when it's ready, Olivia. Um, yeah, I'm very happy to to chat to people and I'll be doing some some publicity around Melbourne and in Sydney when when Cut is launched. That's excellent. Awesome. And I'll, I'll find out about, about all the things and I'll put them in the show notes when it comes out. So thank you so much, Susan. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Writer's Advice podcast. If you loved this, please share it with your friends who you also think would really enjoy and really benefit from all the inspiration that was in this episode or give us a five-star review on your favorite listening app on where you found us. It really helps us share with more people, more writers, more authors, and share these authors' incredible stories. So thanks, guys. And until next time, I will chat to you then.